Hey guys, George Mesa, Third Eye Edify podcast. And I'm here to bring you a short episode about something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. For more than one reason, which we will certainly get into in a little bit, but I'd like to focus on the simple idea that Ivy League colleges, this thing that we're all supposed to aspire towards, and can only dream and hope that our children, you know, plant us into this extreme debt so they can, you know, have a job that will pay them more than they'll ever need and, you know, live a life of servitude, essentially. What is a nonprofit? When did they start? Why don't places that take in so much money per student pay any taxes? Reminds me a lot of a church. And churches are also nonprofits, for a very different reason, of course. But they all come under the category of the 501c3, which is the IRS tax code for it. That's a whole dark language within itself. Shouldn't even exist to begin with. And according to what I've come up with here, a lot of things don't deal with taxes. You do, of course. And they make sure that you're afraid of not paying them, even though many businesses absolutely do not have to do any of that stuff. That's a conversation for another day. But since the 70s, we've had nonprofits in this country, United States. As of 2022, there were 1.97 million nonprofits, and 1.48 million of them are completely tax exempt. Not you, of course, again, but that makes up about 22% of the world's nonprofits. I would, I didn't see the stat, but I would dare say we are number one. It's one of the only things maybe we're number one in, the amount of nonprofits we have. So I'm still relatively confused. Why are colleges in this category, what's called the nonprofit sector, as kind of a business joke, so to speak, that's really only the private and the public sector. And where does the concept come from? Is it, was it generated here? You bet it was. In the early 1900s, and this was available to you before then, but the YMCA, which we're all familiar with, it had been here since the 1800s, as a matter of fact. But in the early 20th century, early 1900s, Charles Sumner Ward and Frank L. Pierce, they developed a fundraising system in a way that nobody had ever seen before. They put a time limit on it. Just think of Kickstarter. We've got until two months from now, we got a $2,000 goal. Same exact thing. So this is a tried and true method of generating money, much like presidential candidates have to. And they have a very different uh, ball field, of course, to play on. 1969 saw the Tax Reform Act. And this is, again, when they added the 501c3. Applications surged immediately, as to be expected. Who, who wants to pay taxes, right? We're always so worried about who's lying to us and why are they taxing us. There's a lot of ways to actually get around it. And it's completely illegal to begin with. And plenty of people have done many great things over the decades to discuss that in detail. It's an unapportioned tax, this income tax that we suffer with. 
It's completely illegal. Has nothing to do with the founding fathers, much like our central bank. Blah, blah, blah. I could go on forever about this. But just know that there are a lot of people that don't pay taxes. And we're not just talking about illegal immigrants here. So this brings me to the Ivy League schools. And I'm sure you're familiar with them, but here's their logo. You can see that there are eight Ivy Leaves on the logo because there are eight Ivy League schools all in the northeastern United States. Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Princeton, University of Pennsylvania, and Yale. I was curious, as I often am, why Ivy? What makes them want to use the plant ivy to represent these schools. And I've already gone into some of the history of the darker nature of some of the secret societies that live in these, particularly Yale, 322 Skull and Bones, and many other things. But again, plenty of information out there on that. I would look it up or check out some of my past episodes. Ivy has a clinging nature to it. And I'm going to pass a few images here of Dionysus wearing ivy as a crown. This is the god of theater. This is the god of wine, amongst other things. But those two in particular are very interesting to me because the nature of the clinging vines are actually symbolic of him bringing women into his cult clinging to him almost like like Velcro does. He's often seen carrying a staff called a thyrsus. This is not Dionysus here, but this is potentially Bacchus, who is essentially the same god, holding a thyrsus. Often has a pine cone on top, representing the pineal gland. It also has ivy, fennel, sometimes it's dripping with honey really resembles the rod of Asclepius or, of course, the caduceus. Very similar. And I think him being the god of theater is very appropriate here because I truly believe that the way that college is sold to us as a need in order to be a functioning member of society, knowing that once you are no longer working, they deem your life worthless as an older person. It, it is a theater to me. And on top of that, it has something of an alluring, almost intoxicating nature to its allure. This is the nature of wine. You imbibe the wine. This is the debt of a cult here. A college cult. Much like the secret societies that exist within them. And... I was thinking about the sound of the word thyrsus. It kind of sounds like thirst. There's often a reference to education as quenching a thirst for knowledge. And I think this is all quite related and certainly worth mentioning. Now, keep this in mind too. There is almost, or there is often a concept of hedonism attached to the thyrsus. Hedonistically prioritizing pleasure as many young college students are apparently doing all the time. And who do we blame for that? How common is this image seen when representing a college? 
How many, it's almost a myth. It has a mythological status, in my opinion. The partying that goes down at colleges. Sure, there's parties, especially the ones that you actually go and live at. Some of them, like the one I attended, don't have that. You just go and you come home and you're done. But how many movies? How many TV shows? This is more of the, the intoxication of it. Almost gives you this idea like, oh, I can't wait to go to college. Not because of some aspiring career. A lot of people don't know what they want to actually be when they're done with high school. The second you're done with high school. And even if you do know, is college the answer? You can certainly create a trade without college. You can certainly amass much knowledge without college. I, I thought that my college experience was very good. I was surrounded by people that wanted to know what I wanted to know. The teachers were very good and careful and caring. And I got exactly what I wanted out of it overall, for the most part. It was very centered on a very Eurocentric mindset, but that's the nature of studying Western music theory. You get German-Austrian thought packaged into a nice religious bundle, and you get to see exactly where that music went. That's, that's just the nature of it. Once you're ready, you leave college for music, and then you can actually go study all the other music in the world. Because that is not the point of going to college for music, I assure you. Not in the West. So, you know, it's so funny because there's no taxes on these schools. But they take so much money in per student. Spend money, create debt to make money. They show their diversity and equity by bringing in certain minorities for free. These people don't have to pay. But it helps them look good. It's all just theater. Much like Dionysus, the god of theater. I really think these are very heavily related and worth discussing in this way. Worth mentioning. They get that free ride. With the hopes of a life of servitude as a cubicle slave, as a wage slave. There's a whole culture of people coming out. And they're called dinks. D-I-N-K's. Double income, no kids. The college life almost seems to perpetuate this idea. You'll be rich once you're out of debt. Then you can do whatever you want. Live a life of hedonism. The pleasure. Have all the pleasures you could ever want as long as you don't have a kid to bring you down. I really think it's a big part of the culture. And of course, I would love it if you left a comment telling me how you felt about all this because... This is just my perception of everything. And keep in mind, again, not only did I go to college, but I have my own bass player university. It's not a college, but the idea is similar. I have a group setting. I teach with a syllabus. I grade papers. It's the same idea. I think college ideals work when people are trying to learn things, when they come to you for that, when they have that quench for knowledge, when they want to quench that thirst for knowledge. But think about how much has gone wrong with things like universities in the past few years. The Department of Education overall. Primary and secondary school. A lot of us are done with the Department of Education. Why would colleges be any different? How many images have you seen of college students wearing masks? There was mandatory vaccinations for colleges. Just like all those little kids at school wearing masks and being forced to be vaccinated or they're out of school. Kicked out. 
Schools were huge in pushing this part of the PSYOP. Let that be the reason, if nothing else, to get rid of this crap. It should be free to begin with. We shouldn't be paying for education. Oh, sure, I want my kids to be educated. Sure, we want an education, an educated culture, an educated society. Sure we do. Of course we do. But you're all going to have to be in debt because of it. We know barely any of you can afford it at the, Ivy League, at the Ivy League level or many levels to begin with. Like I said, much can be achieved without college. You, if, if you have an unquenchable thirst for knowledge, especially with the internet, as different as it is than when it first came out, it's still all out there. Everything you could possibly want is there. Yes, you can actually educate yourself with YouTube, but you have to move beyond that. You've got to buy some books. You've got to talk to some people, experts. It's important. It really ends up being more than anything, at least, even when I was a kid. I was like, I'm going to Harvard. I didn't know why. I just thought it was a goal. You go to Harvard. You'd be awesome. You make tons of money. Didn't know why. It's a thirst for money more than anything else. I don't think a lot of people do have goals, of course. But most people are really just there because like, oh, if I do this and I'm kind of good at it already, I'll make lots of money. This is great. Keep this in mind. Well-trained doctors jab your kids. Well-trained lawyers keep evil criminals out of jail. Not talking about petty thieves and marijuana pushers. They all come from this culture of college. Yeah, they have a piece of paper on the wall. That doesn't mean that they're looking out for your best interests. And it doesn't mean they didn't realize they were duped like everyone else. Let COVID and its actions wake you up from all of these things. I think this is a huge part of it. It's not about left to right. I think I'll leave it at that. There's plenty to discuss here. Lots of little things to talk about. Lots of little concepts that have come up in so many different categories because of this exact thing. Keep these things in your mind as you live your life and move forward with kids, grandkids. There are other ways. There are always other ways. And they simply produce the amount of fear that you need to think that this is the only way. Taxes in college. That's what they want to convince you of. They don't do it. Their kids don't go to war. Their kids don't pay taxes. Their kids go to college for free. Or they're already rich enough to afford it anyway. Or they've donated a wonderful plaque or a big bench in the middle of a the ball field. And that's it. They're set for life. Rules for thee and rules for thee and none for me, they say. And I may remind that. I've got a lot of things going on. I hope you're enjoying everything I've been doing this year so far. I, my new book is out. I've been getting some incredible feedback that really makes me so happy to know that I actually pulled something off with this. So please do check it out. Let me know how, how you loved it. I do have my bass player, University. All of my music 
education and bass player university, one-on-one -on -one lessons, just straight theory, lots of other things, all available at georgemessamusic.com. Everything else is on the Third Eye Edify website. Join my mailing lists. Stay up to date with what I do. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much.